Welcome to the Get Centered podcast presented by the nonprofit, the Center for Individuals with Physical Challenges. I'm your host, Wendy Freilich, and I'm executive director of the Center. We're recording this episode in the Bart Center for Music Studio in downtown Tulsa, and we appreciate you for joining us today. I also have today Zach French. Zach is a member of the Center, and he's agreed to join us and chat with us about his experiences with the Center and why he comes to the Center. So, Zach, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for asking me and having me here. Love that. Uh, Zach, tell us why you're a member of the Center. So, my neurologist is in Oklahoma City at the Oklahoma Medical Research Foundation, and his physical therapist she did her internship or whatever in Tulsa and recommended the Center for Individuals, or I'll, I'll just refer to it as the Center. Uh, she suggested the Center because I was going to like the Tandy YMCA and stuff. I had, had a few issues there. I mean, it was not, not a big deal, but, uh, and I worked just down the street from the Center. So I was like, well, I'll check it out. And yeah, and so I just joined and eh, kind of went hit and miss. Uh, for quite a while, and then started going full-time, and now I'm aggravated with my family or whatnot if I can't get there five days a week. <laughs> so you were saying that you were recommended by a yes. PT. Yes. What is your diagnosis that had you going to a PT? Um, yeah, I, I have multiple sclerosis, or I'll just say MS. Um, I was diagnosed in 2007 but I had definitely had it for a few years before that, looking back now that I know that what MS is. Early on, I did not go to a physical therapist for any MS issues or whatnot. Oh, I was uh, trying this contraption that helps you dorsiflex, which um, is kind of, all, with a lot of people with neurological problems, they have foot drop. You basically catch your toe all the time. So she was letting me try this contraption and she suggested, she, she found out I was from Tulsa and she said, oh, you should try the physical therapist and the center. And I did go to a physical therapist for a while and it was helpful, I guess. But um, so, yeah, I just went to the center, found a good home, I guess I often refer to it. And uh, yeah, just go there and exercise and try to do what I can to minimize the consequences of multiple sclerosis. So let's talk about MS. What yeah. is MS? So MS is an autoimmune disease. Autoimmune, probably people know, but if not, it's when your own body is attacking itself. Um, so your immune system, which you have to fight off bacteria, viruses, whatever, well, it attacks your own healthy cells. Um, in the case of MS, it's your nerves, which innervate your muscles. And so secondary, you have muscle problems. People think like, oh, you can't walk or whatever because you have muscle weakness. So like, well, your muscles are actually healthy, although they do get weakened because of your MS and not using those muscles. But it's actually the nerves that go from your brain or your spinal cord, let's say to your toe um, or your arm. It, I think it's like speaking to my family that's maybe not as knowledgeable about healthcare or medicine, it's actually synonymous to like electronics. So you might have a, I, I often say like a car, like you might have a Corvette engine, but if the wiring of you, if you have a rat that's chewed through the wires or your spark plugs aren't working, doesn't matter how powerful your engine is, it ain't gonna fire. It may drive, but it's not gonna drive correctly. 
And it's kind of the same thing with MS. It's like I can walk for now or I can still see or whatnot, whatever thing it's controlling or my nerves are trying to control, but it's not efficient as it was maybe 10, 15 years ago. And people with MS, including myself, are really a, really sensitive to heat. We had this last July, which was like 115. And I just, I've gotten to the point where I melt down. I almost feel like I get physically ill. But also like if you take your iPhone or whatever cell phone, you leave it out in the direct center for too long, it says, you know, it's too hot. It needs to cool off or it won't work. And the same thing, and luckily my wife's a saint. She knows too. She's like, go to the air conditioner. Um, so when it gets so hot in Oklahoma, uh, especially like nowadays, it's <laughs> like April till October. So it's like I can sit in the air conditioner or sit in cold water, like a pool or something. Uh, might have sidetracked there. But yeah, that's kind of MS is a nerve generically it's a nerve thing it's actually a your immune cells like your t cells or whatnot attack your so if you have at your home just electronic cord it's never just a bare copper wire sitting out it's a copper wire but you don't see the copper because it's got a rubber coating over it so you look around and see the cords at your house like all these plastic or rubber cords or whatnot so your nerves have the same thing. You got your nerve, but it's covered by this, it's called myelin sheath. And your your T cells or whatnot, different immune cells eat away, for lack of a better term, at that myelin sheath. So it may not completely like sever the nerves initially, but you may, like I talk about like a, you might have a speaker with a bad cord that kind of skips and pops and sounds weird. Similar thing with MS, like you can, might be able to walk, but it's kind of awkward because it's, it's kind of shorted out, I guess you could say. So you mentioned that you were diagnosed with MS in 2007. Can you talk about what was going on in your life at that time? Yeah, so that was my first year of dental school. Um, I had actually, like I said, I, I probably had it for several years before that. While I was a mountain bike and road bike racer, and I noticed I wasn't being able, or I was not able to put up the speed that I was, or I could at one point. And then I crashed my bike one time, I hit a pole, and my teammates were like, why'd you hit that pole? I was like, dude, I couldn't see it. But these symptoms would come and go, and so it was hard to talk to like a optometrist or whatnot uh, about these issues, and they'd go away, and like, ah, oh well, I guess it's okay. Like, I was kind of worried I had like a brain tumor or something, but uh, I was in dental school and it's pretty stressful and you're looking at minutiae and in dentistry they say millimeters or miles. And then so when I had another relapse, I came to find out it's called, um, where my vision was not super acute. So I, I was having trouble seeing like these little things in dental school. The Oklahoma the dental school is in Oklahoma City, uh, not far from Dean McGee Eye Institute. And I went there and they sent me to, to a neuro-ophthalmologist and diagnosed me. And then I went to a neurologist that specializes in MS. And I got on medication and things are pretty good. Like So I've had it diagnosed since 2007, but more than likely I've had MS probably since like 2005 or 2006. Ish. But you graduated with your dental degree. Yeah. You became a dentist. Yes, ma'am. So when did things 
become to a situation where practicing dentistry just didn't work anymore? Yeah, so I practiced dentistry for seven and a half years. So yeah, I graduated dental school in 2010 and practiced uh, for seven and a half years. And having MS, one of the issues kind of depressing sometimes because you never know because how the disease is going to progress. Each person's different. Sometimes you meet someone that's had it as long as me and they basically have no issues. Or some people are only have it 10 years or less and they're wheelchair bound or bedridden or something. So I didn't know like how long I could practice. I'd pay off student loans, yada, yada. I noticed probably six and a half years in practicing my right hand and my dominant hand was a little, a little shaky. It's called like the common term I think is like an intention trimmer. So it's not shaky if I just stand here and hold it but it's like when I attempt to actually do something. And it was no big deal early on, just a little vibration every now and then. Kind of went on and after a while I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And I have always practiced for public health or um, Native American tribes. And the nice thing about that, since they can't maybe pay you as competitively as like being in private practice, they give you pretty good benefits. And one thing I had always well, they instill in dental school, make sure you take out disability insurance because it, in dentistry, because you're messing in dark little cavern um, with small things, you know, if your eyes go down or you're, you lose your thumb, you lose a finger, you hurt your back, make sure you take out disability insurance. And luckily working for tribes, um, I was able to take out disability insurance and I finally had to throw up the flag and was like, man, I can't practice anymore. So... Uh, my last day of dentistry is August 10th, 2017. It's always a day I'll remember. Wow. Which, you know, it's it's uh, just for a lack of a better term, a sucky deal. But, you know, it's, I don't know if a whole lot of people in life are like, oh, I really want to be a dentist and work in people's mouths forever. Um, so not having to practice and being fortunate enough to have mal- or disability insurance and getting paid, although it is a fraction of what I made as a dentist, but it's still having, especially living in Oklahoma where the cost of living is low, uh, you know, a, a, a decent life. So uh, I was like, yeah, we got to go on to something else on life. Yeah, who knows? It's the chapters of life, I guess you could say. Yeah. Making that change. So, yeah. So, you've talked about, you know, some of the uh, situations in your life that, you know, got you diagnosed, that ended up with you having to leave your dental career. What kind of symptoms do you show now with your MS? And how long do you think you've had it overall? Um, Yeah, I'm sure I've had it since like 2015 and really, so... 2005. 2005, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 2005. um, You know, there's there's several different forms of MS. Um, Probably the most common form is called relapsing remitting. um, And that's when people will have whatever their flare-up is, whether it's a visual problem or their leg is numb or they can't do whatever. And it may come on for a week or a month or a year, and then it goes away. And especially with the new medications that are really great at controlling these things. And then there's progressive forms of MS. 
uh, where it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And so I now have secondary MS. I have secondary progressive, which it's transferred from the relapsing remitting form to where, I don't know, last five years or so. Well, I started with, I don't know, say four years ago, I started walking with a cane because I was catching my right toe. And, and obviously the hand issue that made me quit dentistry. I'm like, ah, oh, cane, that's, that's no fun, but oh, no big deal. And then that wasn't enough. And I started using a walker and I still use a walker some, but honestly, once I got a wheelchair and saw that made life a lot more simple and comfortable, um, which is a weird, a weird thing to say, a wheelchair is making my life more simple and comfortable. Wendy usually only sees me on a walker because I, I try to use a walker and actually walk or stand as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, it's better for circulation and muscles and whatnot. But throughout the day, the rest of the day, I'm mostly in my wheelchair. Which I was surprised to hear. We were talking about that. Yeah. We were walking up here today, and I was surprised to hear you spend most of your time in the wheelchair, because as you just said, I normally see you walking around. Right. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and I'm a really impatient person, so getting from point A to point B in a wheelchair is a lot faster. I guess using a, walkie or a walker, I'm not really walking. I guess I'm kind of hobbling from point A to point B, and it's like... So like, okay, I'm tired of hobbling. I uh, think your example of the short circuiting to me really well described your walking pattern because it's like your your legs just don't move smoothly, right? right? There's a bit more of a judder. Yeah. Which makes it just difficult, I would presume. And so you go slower to compensate yeah. for that judder. But I I think it's just fascinating to hear that normally outside of the center, you're using your wheelchair. Yeah, and it's just that I guess as you, I have an 11 month old, so I'm watching him learn to walk and I'm going down, he's going uphill. I need to make a, a line graph to see where we intersect on our moments of walking. So I'm going kind of downhill, but I, I'm seeing him, I try to learn balance and I have, I, because I have a lesion uh, demyelinization in my pons, which is your center for balance in your brain. And so, I have no balance. I really have poor proprioception in my feet. And then I'm getting muscle weakness and spasticity. So all these things that you learn to use as an infant to have your gait as homo sapiens walking, you know, from you know, two legs and all that stuff's melting down. So it starts to become kind of taxing on my knees and ankles and whatnot. My, my wife sees me walk. She's like, just use your wheelchair. You're going to break your ankle and it's going to take forever for you to try to heal. And it's like, eh, at that point, it's like, hey, is it even worth the healing an ankle or just getting it I don't know, amputated? Anyways, there are other, other topics and issues. So then it becomes maybe and safer just to use my wheelchair because I was telling Wendy a second ago that my wife did buy me a, an Apple Watch in case I fall. And I, it's like, I fall and I can't get up. <laughs> Honey, please, please come pick me up. Luckily, my wife's super strong, so she can yank me up. And I, I always joke around, halfway joking around, I guess, that I, I try, try to stay uh, thin and lightweight so people have not as so much of a problem picking me up. And so I'm, I'm a pretty thin person, but 
And then that's another another reason I try to walk or hobble with my walker so I can keep a little bit of more calories, calorie usage and uh, blood circulation because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get heavy because then my sister, if she's in town, can't pick me up if I fall. <laughs> and, but it's like, that's kind of funny. And luckily I have self-deprecating humor so I can joke about these things. And so it doesn't stress me out I'm, as much. I'm just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. So, um, all that I, I just, I, knowing you, that all is just very true. Uh, so let's talk about your wife. So you, you brought up your wife, you yeah. brought up your 11 month old son. Yes, ma'am. So you obviously, you met your wife in 2020, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Uh, 2019. 2019. So at that point, you had at least been diagnosed with MS for 12 years. Yeah. So talk about that that meeting and how that works to start to date. Yeah. I was recently single, fortunately, in hindsight, or at the point it was unfortunately because I was going through a divorce. But, uh, you know, it's kind of midlife crisis, I guess, because I was starting to walk with a cane. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting a divorce. What do I do now? I don't know the single life. So I was hanging out with some friends, but I had a cane and I met this person and she was like, oh, you got a cane? I was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of embarrassing, especially I would, you know, not crazy old. It was in my thirties. And uh, she was like, oh, my mom has a cane. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, I got to use a cane when I had a back surgery. I was like, oh, that's, wow, you actually kind of know. I was like, yeah, I have trouble walking. She's like, yeah, when I had back, she had had back surgery for actually uh, some type of uh, spinal stenosis, which is, I think, another autoimmune disease. Surprisingly, this person that I met wasn't really faded by or phased by my walking with a cane and my stubbing my toe and tripping and whatnot. So, yeah, I met this person. I, her name's Rhonda. It's my wife. Um, so, surprisingly, she was not really phased by walking with a cane. And um, uh, I, I, I forgot what the question was. But, so, you guys meet in 2019. You got married in 2020. Yeah. You now had a baby in yeah. 2021. Right. I mean, so you have a full life. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I'm kind of, I'm, I had, we had my, our child when I was 41. So kind of late to the game of life. Um, and that's, you know, kind of MS has changed things for better or worse, I guess both. Um, Cause you know, those years of being in college and then dental school and being dentist. And I never really planned on having a child or myself and my, my wife would never really plan on having kids. And um, I guess I have to say my first wife, <laughs> but which is a really strange. But um, yeah, so always traveling and living single life, which was, I guess, I, uh, not single life, sorry, the life without a child um, and spending money, whatever we wanted, using our time to do whatever we want to do, which was mostly travel we, we traveled off a lot um which was fun it, it still is fun and traveling really lets you 
being able to go overseas a lot and now with MS, the Amer American with Disabilities Act, you, you really find out how important that is because now that I use a wheelchair or in my walker, just having the option of using a ramp or not having stairs everywhere. And that's, it's such a game changer. You don't really notice or know that or notice that if you're not using it. I went 30 something years, almost 40 years without even like, I don't know, they tore out that sidewalk, put in a, a ramp for some, for the old people. <laughs> As I thought at that point in my life, the, the handicap and the old people, but, um, uh, yeah, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent in a different direction, but. But so the ADA is the Americans with Disabilities Act, and what Zach is referencing is in that act, it talks about that places need to be accessible. They need to be accessible for everyone. So including people with walkers or with wheelchairs, they're able to get in a space. And that is not the case across Europe. There are right. lots of places throughout Europe that are not accessible. They have stairs, they have small walkways. They, you know, they're older buildings yeah. for the most part in Europe. So it just has a different feel and I'm certain is not as accessible right. as they should be. So the ADA is extremely important, especially for the people that we serve at the center. So let's pull back to the center yeah. as we start to wrap okay. up here. And tell me what you do at the center. Why do you go? Well, I started and pretty much mostly used the fitness center, um, which uh, the center has a great exercise slash fitness facility. And especially for people with disabilities, whether it's wheelchair, maybe visually visual issues, um, I'm fortunate that I don't really have to take advantage of those. I can just do the regular weight machines and free weights right now. So I, at this point, use most of the fitness center, but inside the fitness center, you just meet so many people. And I use it as kind of a conversation place to go and, you know, there's Dorothy that goes there and we talk gardening. And then Ruth that does has the horticulture class. We talk about gardening or the weather like, oh, yeah, you can't plant X, Y, and Z right now. Or didn't have any tomatoes this summer because it was too hot for good fruit set. And uh, but yeah, I, I mostly in there use the fitness center. But there, you know, there are so many other aspects of the center. But I don't really, don't really take advantage of those. I don't know if I really have time. I guess it, we always have time for whatever we make or we make time for. But. but I think your point is well taken. You use the fitness center because that's where you want to go. And you are there for the duration of time that you want to be there, right? Yes. You come when you want, you leave when you want. Yeah. We're not a day program. People come and go as right. they please. And with all the options, and we've talked about several options through our venue here or avenue here, and you can do what you want. So... You are, you are one of the ones that goes to that fitness center. You use that fitness center all the time. That's how we've gotten to know each other. And to be able to have that for the community that brings together people with physical challenges to have a safe place to go, I think is really important. Yes. So for you, how do you feel like you get centered at the center? Well, I guess when I think of the term centered, you know, you could use 
some people like do meditation, or I guess there's a mentally centered and physically centered. Physically centered for as, as, as much as my body will allow. Using the fitness center, I think that's very important. You know, it's the old saying, move it or, or use it or lose it. Um, you know, I, I, I think with MS, I'm kind of losing it, whether I use it or not, but try to use it as much as I can. But really the, I mean, you could, I could go anywhere and have a, get a good workout, but what I've really learned, I think I've been with the center, I don't know, three or four years, 2019, 2019, well, time flies. Um, that's back when it actually used to rain and not be a hundred degrees all the time. Cause I remember my first day it actually rained, but it's interesting how it just kind of developed. I, I developed, I call it kind of my home happy place and you know, when there's been issues, like maybe mentally, like, I, I don't want to say unhappy, but just kind of stressed or whatnot. I'm like, I need to go to the center because I like chatting with, uh, I'll say like Dorothy or Rennie or just, there's so many people there. Um, and what's great about it, and Dorothy actually said this one time, she's like, you know, everyone that comes here pretty much has some problem in life. The reason they have to come here, whether it's vision, you know, mental issues or like mental is not, but like maybe nerve issues, physical, but she's like, no one complains here. Everyone here has a reason to complain, but you should like, you go around the rest of the world all day. People are complaining about X, Y, and Z, but people don't complain here. They're just doing what they have to do to survive and get by and enjoy life. But for real, it's like, I... I, besides physically, I need to get, I'm like, I get cranky if I don't get some physical exercise, but it's go there and just tell stories or talk to people. And everyone has, like I always say, you have people have their different war stories. And one guy literally is had brain cancer and had brain surgery because of, he says, because of Agent Orange in Vietnam, a lot of the automobile accidents, a lot of strokes some different neurological issues and X, Y, and Z. There's so many, and, but you get to learn these people, which I would really now call some, or now several people, friends. And it's also a great place where you start to use things like wheelchairs. Probably whoever's listening to this, like, what if you had to get into a wheelchair all of a sudden? Like, I, I didn't know anything. Like, what do I do? How do I, where do I go? And then getting on, um, disability with social security disability. I'm like, I don't know anything about that. They just want to deny you. And so all these issues, things in life, someone at the center has already dealt with. Well, and there's resources there as well, but you can just, even with my wheelchair, talking to this one guy and he's like, well, you might try this. And it's a game changer. Like the center experience last year, which is coming up next weekend, I was having problems going up hills with my wheelchair because it kind of, the harder you push, the more you want to kind of do a wheelie and flip over backwards. And Scott was like, no, dude, when you go up a hill, turn around backwards and pull rather than push. And that's what I do all the time now. And there's just so many little life hacks that we all kind of develop over time and, you know, with our normal life. But then when you get thrown for a loop and have to change your, uh, your new, you know, your new way of thinking and functioning from 
and transporting from point A to point B. Other people already have some of these little life hacks and it's gonna take you maybe forever to learn or maybe never learn unless you meet someone that like, oh man, try this. Or, oh, you need to get this for your, cause I'm gonna have to start using um, hand controls for my driving rather than foot controls. And so there's some people there that use that. I'm like, hey, where do you go? What do you do? Um, and so it seems like there's always someone there, unfortunately for them, but fortunate for me that they, I can ask them like, hey, what do you do with your wheelchair in that car? Is that car good for your wheelchair loading and unloading? And so now everything from like vehicles to, to using the shower in my own house, we're having to re retrofit a shower in our house so I can kind of roll in and actually sit, which you can either, you can always buy like a cheaper seat at like CVS or Walgreens or something. But, um, yeah, just so many little things, like even watering the garden. Like, uh, this one guy there's like, hey, no, turn around, go backwards, tie the hose around your waist, and that way, because the hoses or cords always get caught in your wheelchair, your walker. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so every, so we don't get rain here anymore. I'm watering like every day. But now I, I do that every time I go. I just loop the hose around me and then go backwards. That way the the hose doesn't get wrapped up in my wheel. Like, oh my gosh, that's so simple, but I don't know why I didn't think about it, but it's totally a game changer for what I do every morning before it gets too hot. So yeah, anyways, the center, my, yeah, my wife hears me every day. I'm like, yeah, I didn't go to the center. Or I'll come home. Like, I think every day I come home from working out and I have a, well, I was talking to such and such from the center and they do this or but there's i'm kind of going blank right now there's just like all these things i learn like daily and have a new story to come home and like oh you uh, tell my wife remember you know such and such i was talking about she told me you know x y and z and it's a lot easier or i should try this new food place because it's easy to get in and out of which is really weird that I have to say that nowadays. That, but it's true. It's like after this interview, I was, you know, I used to go to, I won't say the name of the coffee shop and get a pastry and a coffee. But you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt. There's there's not really good parking, and then the the door going in and out is kind of a pain in the butt. And so I'm like, eh, it's gonna be kind of warm later on. Like, I'll just go through the drive-through. There's a, another coffee shop that has you, you order on your phone, you just pull up and hand it to you. Like, yeah, I'm becoming one of those people that just, but it, it you know, makes sense for, for my life right now. Accessibility matters, yeah, right? That yeah. accessibility matters. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's thing, it's taken for granted until you, you have to do it. And you're like, oh, wow. It does, yeah, it, it does matter. But it sounds like really part of you getting centered at the center is just that community, that community of people that becomes such a resource for you. And you're able to share stories and yeah. provide each other the support that you wouldn't see, I think, at a traditional gym. Absolutely. I know I got sidetracked there, but uh, mentally and like you said, community, I never would have, because like I said, I, I work not far from the center 
or back when I worked. And I was always like, what? Why are all those people with wheelchairs right there about 11th Street and Utica area? I, I did not understand why so many people with wheelchairs. And then once I started going, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I, I tell people all the time, like, you do not. I think my friends, if we drive through there, I'm like, hey, there's a center. And I, you know, start talking about it. And I think everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we know. Zach, you you always talk about it because I think it's not no, it's not evident for people how for me it's a great place. It's like there's so much more that goes on there than I don't know. Like I said, I drove by and there was people in wheelchairs. I don't know. It was kind of depressing in a way to me. Like I don't know that place where people in wheelchairs go. I don't want to go there. And I think that was my hesitation initially going to the center because. I thought of it as, you know, like I said, I signed up and then just kind of sporadically went until I really started going there, talking to people, getting a routine of that place and seeing how valuable it is. And, you know, you wouldn't know how great that place is unless you've, I guess, maybe listen to this podcast or uh, or went in for some reason. I don't know. But, yeah, it's it's. I guess you could say it really gets centered there. <laughs> and uh, just to make the point that we don't serve just people in wheelchairs. Right. But I think when you're talking about the general community, people in wheelchairs stand out, right? right. Yeah. So they tend to take your attention. And we serve people who uh, can walk. We serve people who may or may not have prosthetics. We we serve a wide variety of people. But to yeah, your so point, more, it's people with wheelchairs that are multifaceted. Noticed. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, notice she's, you know, driving down the street and not knowing what that building. There's that building on 11th and Utica. And really, once you start going there and meeting people, just see how multifaceted, like, oh my gosh, this, there's so much more like whether Ruth's horticulture class and you just go there and learn gardening, plants, or the art class, or uh, Today, before I came here, we had uh, one of our members who's visually impaired climbing the rock wall. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just wall. have a variety of options at the center. And yeah, I just think it's an important place. And I think you have very well spoken to why it's important and important to you and to our other members that we serve. Right. So with that, Zach, I thank you so much for yeah. being with us today and Thanks sharing your story and talking about MS and explaining what that is. And to everyone listening, thank you so much. And let's get centered together. Yeah. Have a great day. Thank you.